the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He didn't say, he who believes in me will have everlasting life. He says, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Right now. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've taken that step, you've put your faith and trust in him for salvation, you have everlasting life. So that one day you'll get it, you have it now. All of your sins have been forgiven in heaven, and you have everlasting life because of Jesus Christ. As a follower of Jesus, are you living out your everlasting life? Or are you still clinging to the temporary, decaying life of this world? As Pastor Dan continues our study of John in today's message, he'll explain that in Christ, believers already have eternal life. It's not something we have to wait for death to start. Our souls have already begun our eternal existence, and our lives should reflect that. The temporary issues and materials that so strongly weigh on others are no longer our burden. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 6 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he's talking about the hunger of the soul. He's talking about a spiritual hunger. He'll never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. Again, he's talking about the longing that is in everybody's heart. And, and, he, and here when he says uh, and uses the word never, this word never that he uses, it's a very strong, emphatic Word. It's like Jesus says, he who comes to me will never, ever, ever hunger. And he who believes in me will never, ever, ever thirst. That's quite a promise. He promises here that he will satisfy the deepest longing of your soul and of your heart. And he will satisfy it permanently. Physical bread satisfies temporarily. Jesus tells us if you come to him and you believe in him and you put your faith in him and commit to him that he satisfies your greatest desire, your greatest longing, your greatest hunger. But here we see with this crowd, they're not willing to believe in him. They're not they're not willing to make that kind of commitment. They, they like showing up for the show, but they don't want to commit themselves to Christ Not in a meaningful way. So he says in verse 36, But I said to you that you have seen me and you do not believe. They don't don't believe. They're, They're following Jesus. They're following Jesus everywhere he goes. 
but they don't really believe in Jesus. Which tells us it's possible to be someone who is a follower of Jesus. You know, someone who comes to church, someone who goes to Bible study, someone who serves the Lord. You can be a follower of Jesus, but not really be a believer in Jesus. There's a distinction made here. You're not really uh, committed to Jesus Christ. Again, they're, they're just kind of fans of what he's doing. They're spectators. And a person can just be a fan of Jesus or a fan of church or, or a fan of, of the you know, Christian culture, whatever it is, and not really be committed to Christ, not be a committed believer. And, and because... Uh, this crowd, they're not really believers. They still thirst. They still hunger. They haven't experienced the, the satisfaction and fulfillment that Jesus offers. They're still empty. And again, you can have a person. They faithfully come to church. They go to Bible study. They're involved in all of that stuff. But they're still in their hearts. They're still just kind of fans of it. They're not really committed to Christ. And they still have that hunger. They still have that emptiness. There's still that part of them that's just dissatisfied with the way things are going for them. And I think even more importantly than that, uh, because they are not true believers, committed to believers, believers to Christ, they do not have eternal life, which this is a big, a big point that Jesus makes throughout this passage and this conversation that a, a genuine believer has eternal life. The the seeker, the follower, the fan doesn't. You know, uh, in 1 John, again, you don't have to turn there, but 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life as a gift, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's pretty clear. And so here you have this group, and I, and I think it's a, uh, it's, it's a warning to us. And we have to ask ourselves, am I just a fan, or am I a real believer in Christ? Have I really committed myself and my life to Him? Am I really surrendered to Him? Is He really my Lord, the Lord of my life? Or am I just kind of showing up because I like the show? And look at verse 37, it goes on here. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And I like this here. He's talking about the the Father gives to the Son, and those that the Father gives to the Son come to the Son, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. The Bible teaches that salvation is a gift of God, that uh, that the Father gives to the Son, and those that He gives come to the Son. If you look down in verse 44, Jesus said, No one can come to Me unless the Father who sent Me draws Him. So the Father draws us to Jesus Christ. Uh, We don't just decide on our own to become a believer. It's not like you just wake up one day and say, You know what? I think I want to be a Christian now. And I'm going to start seeking Jesus and following Him. No, the God the Father begins to work in our lives and work in our circumstances, and the Father begins to draw us. Otherwise, we wouldn't come. 
and the Father initiates this relationship. The Father draws us. Uh, and so, you know, if you're here, you're a Christian. That's evidence that the Father has drawn you. If you're here in church today, just the fact that you showed up at 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning when you could be at home in bed, the Father is drawing you. The Lord is working in your life to bring you here. At the same time, uh, the Scriptures affirm our responsibility. You know, there, there's the, the Father draws us, but then there's our responsibility. We have to come. We have to repent of our sins. We have to uh, put our faith in Jesus Christ. And so the Father draws and we come. And, and both are true. Both we, we see both in the Scriptures. There's both God doing the drawing and us doing the responding and, and coming. And in verse 37, Jesus says, Whoever comes to, to me, that he will by no means cast out. I love this verse. It tells us that Jesus will never reject someone who comes to him. That's good news. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it for. If you come to Jesus, he doesn't reject you. He's not going to say, whoa, uh, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know what to do with that. It doesn't matter. If you come to him, he receives you. He doesn't, he doesn't reject you. And he will forgive you of all of your sins. And he will give you eternal life. The only person he will reject is the person who doesn't come to him and receive that eternal life. But anyone who comes to him with whatever baggage they may have, he will forgive them. And he will give them eternal life. Verse 38 says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone, see that word everyone? That everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life. And I will raise Him up at the last day. This is God's will. He tells us what God's will is for us. God's will is that everyone will believe in Jesus Christ and receive everlasting life. That's God's desire for every one of us here. And notice in verse 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven. Jesus' life did not begin in the womb of Mary. He came down from heaven. He's God incarnate. Remember in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came down from heaven, God incarnate, and dwelt among us, and He came down from heaven on a mission. And what was the mission? To offer everlasting life to everyone who believes in him. That was his mission. To provide everlasting life to everyone who believes. And after he accomplished his mission, he went back up to heaven. He came down from heaven to offer us salvation. And he promises here to those that believe in him. Look at the end of verse 40. That he, Jesus, will raise us up at the last day. Speaking of the resurrection here. Those who put their faith in Jesus Christ will be resurrected. 
to everlasting life. Over in chapter 11, Jesus will say, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die physically, physical death, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asks this very important question, do you believe this? Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. He's the resurrection. He's the life. And though we may experience physical death, your tent will give out and die and will be buried in the ground one day. The real you, your spirit, it lives forever. It's eternal. And one day he will resurrect us to new life. And in Philippians chapter 3, this is what it says about that resurrection. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform, isn't that a great word? transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Jesus one day at the resurrection will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed into his glorious body. And we will receive that we're transformed means he's going to give us a whole new model. He's not going to just fix up your existing model. He's going to give you a whole new body. He's going to be a whole new, glorious, resurrected body that will be free from sin, free from aging, free from corruption. It will be made to live forever. And I want you to note here that Jesus says he's the one that will raise us up. And he says it over and over and over in this passage. He's going to raise us up on the last day. He's going to raise us up. He's going to raise us up. On the last day. And he's saying this to a Jewish audience in a synagogue. He's telling them this. And for that Jewish audience in their Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, it's Jehovah God who raises people up on the last day. It's Jehovah. Uh, And I'll just give you a couple of verses. There's several I could give you, but there's a game at 630, right? We got to get out of here. Just kidding. Psalm 49, verse 15. Listen. But God, but God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. Who's going to redeem our soul from the power of the grave? God. Jesus is saying he's going to do it. For he shall receive me. Uh, In Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. This is the Lord God speaking. This is Jehovah speaking. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plague. O grave, I will be your destruction. This is God speaking. The Lord, Jehovah. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. Uh, Job, another one. Job chapter 19. 
I know my Redeemer lives, and I will stand with him on that day, right? And though my, my uh, flesh decays, I will stand with him on that day, and I will stand with God, Job says, his Redeemer, right? But now Jesus is saying in the New Testament, he's going to be the one that raises us up and resurrect us, implying what? He's God. He's Jehovah. He's God incarnate. So now look again at the passage. Look at verse 41. We have the response of the crowd now. Then the Jews, meaning the, the, the Jews that are gathered there in the synagogue in Capernaum listening to this, then they complained, your translation might say murmur, they began to murmur about Jesus because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? They begin to murmur to each other. Isn't this Jesus? Isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? What is he talking about? How can he say he came down from heaven? Didn't he come down from Nazareth? Right? And they're kind of murmuring between themselves about this. In verse 43, Jesus therefore answered, they didn't, they didn't ask anything, but he's going to answer them anyways, and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. If you remember in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, they murmured about the manna that God had provided for them. And here in the New Testament, the children of Israel murmuring about the true manna, Jesus Christ. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. There, here, there's the resurrection again. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Again, the Father draws us to Jesus. We don't come on our own. The Father draws and, and we come, and if they're not coming, maybe it's because the Father's not drawing them. And then in verse 47, Jesus says, most assuredly. Now remember that word, that phrase, most assuredly. Maybe your translation says truly, truly, or verily, verily. What it means is, uh, is what I'm about to say to you is very important, so listen up. Most assuredly, I say to you, look what he says, he who believes in me has everlasting life. He didn't say, he who believes in me will have everlasting life. He says, he who believes in me has everlasting life right now. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've taken that step, you've put your faith and trust in him for salvation, you have everlasting life. So that one day you'll get it, you have it now. All of your sins have been forgiven in heaven and you have everlasting life life because of Jesus Christ. He goes on in verse 48 to say, I am the bread of life. And now what Jesus is going to do here is he's going to begin to contrast the, the manna that their fathers ate in the wilderness in the Old Testament with the true manna that he offers. And again, if you remember back in verse 31, the crowd brought up the manna that their fathers ate in the wilderness and so Jesus is going to contrast the two now. And there's, there's one big difference between the manna that they ate in the wilderness and the manna that Jesus offers them today. He says, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. 
This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. That's the difference. The manna that Jesus offers is incomparably greater because those who ate the manna in the wilderness died. That manna only provided for their physical life. The manna that Jesus offers offers us eternal life. Those who eat of this bread will never die. He says, I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. Again, he's emphasizing that he came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Jesus tells us this bread that he's been talking about is his own flesh, his own life, his own body that he will give. And notice uh, Jesus said that the bread I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. You should circle that word for there. It's actually kind of an unusual word in the Greek. The word that he uses here that's translated for, it means in place of. In place of, meaning one person does something in place of another person. And Jesus here, uh, what he says, he says, you know, he's going to give his life and place of us so that we can live. The word implies substitution. He's going to substitute for us. And Jesus will uh, give his life and place of ours. He'll suffer and die on the cross for our sins in our place as our substitute so that we can then live. That's what he's saying here. I'll be a substitute for you, and I'll die for you, so that you can have life. And in verse 52, we have the reaction to this. The Jews, again, that crowd there in the synagogue, therefore, they quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? The crowd at least didn't, you know, unanimously reject Jesus, all in favor, I. No, they're fighting about it. They're, They're quarreling. They're arguing about what Jesus has said. And they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? How can this man die in our place and give us everlasting life? And that's a good question if Jesus were just a man. Because a man can't give himself as a substitute for another man or another person. A a man can't give eternal life to another man. But Jesus was no regular man. He was the God-man. He was God incarnate who came down from heaven to die on the cross in our place as our substitute to provide everlasting life for us. That's how he's able to do it. So they're right to think, well, this is just a man. In one sense, they're right. Because a man can't do that. But the God-man can. So, so they, they get in this argument here, this quarrel about Jesus and what he said. And I, I love here that Jesus, you know, Jesus doesn't try, to, uh, doesn't try to interject here. He doesn't try to win the approval of the crowd. Um, you know, kind of in that situation, if you say something and the crowd misunderstands what you say, and now this argument erupts, uh, you usually feel compelled to further explain what you're saying. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.